Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again. So you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the circle of friends. I'm Missy, and I've been with Gwen all week. Gwen, mm. it's Friday. Yes, it is. We've made it this far, and I have to say, I've thoroughly enjoyed looking at First Peter with you. Me too. Me too. And I think we're going to finish up chapter two, and then um, we're going to go ahead and roll into next week. I think with First Peter three, four, and five. I think that's an awesome idea. I think that sounds like a good idea too. So let's pick up in verse thirteen. Um, and Missy, I love the passion translation. So let's go ahead and I'll let you read that. And then I'll kind of pull it into, uh, what the NASB says over okay. here. Okay. That sounds good. Verse 13 of chapter two, first Peter, in order to honor the Lord, you must respect and defer to the authority of every human institution, whether it be the highest ruler or the governors he puts in place to punish lawbreakers and to praise those who do what's right. For it is God's will for you to silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what is right. As God's loving servants, you should live in complete freedom, but never use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Recognize the value of every person and continually show love to every believer. Live your lives with great reverence and in holy awe of God. Honor your rulers. Those who are servants submit to the authority of those who are your masters. Not only to those who are kind and gentle, but even to those who are hard and difficult. You find God's favor by deciding to please God, even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. For what merit is it to endure mistreatment for wrongdoing? Yet, if you are mistreated when you do what is right and you faithfully endure it, this is commendable before God. In fact, you are called to live this way because Christ also suffered in your place leaving you his example for you to follow. He never sinned, and he never spoke deceitfully. When he was abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God, who judges righteously. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. You were like sheep and continually wandered away, but now you have returned to the true shepherd of your lives, the kind guardian who lovingly watches over your souls. And that's all the way through verse 25. Well, if that isn't um, relevant, a timely and relevant <laughs> message to oh, today. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, you know, it's interesting because... They had a culture at the time that was getting ready to just blow up. I mean, the Jews were really amping to start a rebellion. And according to the history books, shortly after this was written, it actually started. The The Jews at the time, not believers, the Jews at the time rebelled against Rome's oppression. Um, and that the height of that rebellion, the Roman government comes in and wipes out uh, the temple in Jerusalem. Um, and then you have a couple of key battles at different places and, and some holdouts with the Jewish people. That was not the church 
as we know the followers of Christ to be. They actually moved out of Jerusalem, the ones that remained there, to to not be a part of what was going on. And so isn't that an interesting and telling example for mm-hmm. us yeah. um, that we should not be in the midst of conflict with our governments on some things. Um, and so unless God calls a nation, you know, a people to to do that specifically. Um, but the example here is to submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to the governors who are set by him for the punishment of evildoers. I, you know, what a picture, you know, and it's honestly, you're not putting your trust in human government. You're putting your trust in the Lord. Yeah. Who is sovereign over all. Who is sovereign over all. Mm. Um, And I I just love, there were a couple of pieces here. Um, Do not use your freedom as a cover for evil. Mm. But use it instead as bond slaves of God. Yeah. Honor all people. Love the brother the brotherhood. Fear God and honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only those who are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable. Whoa. I know. Right? Think about that, what that really means, what we're called to do and how we're called to respond to people who are not just kind to us, but unreasonable toward us. Yeah. I mean, and I think the equivalent we could do easily is um, culturally equivalent would be workers. Be Mm -hmm. submissive to your boss Yeah, with all respect, not only those who are good and gentle bosses, but also those who are unreasonable bosses. So, so it is, it's in our response and how we handle things that's important because we Many times we try to justify our behavior because someone else is bad behavior, but really what you're doing is you are joining them in bad behavior. Absolutely. So verse 19 says, you find God's favor by deciding to please God, even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. Here it is. This makes me think of of, uh, Linda, our friend Linda, in one of her many sayings. You know, you can either respond to someone according to the person they are or according to the person you are. And if you're a Mm -hmm. follower of Christ, then there is a certain response we are to give other people. And it isn't dependent on their attitude, uh, action, none of that. Yep. We, We have a response, and it's to be loving and kind and gracious regardless of how they treat us. You know, I, I mean, a, what do you think it means to love your enemy? Absolutely. I, I have a phrase right now I'm using with my son a lot. Um, what kind of character is being revealed by your choice? Mm. That we need Ouch. to be focusing on the character we want to be revealed. You know, who do we want to become? And are our choices revealing that character? Mm. You know, and so that has been my theme with him over and over is what kind of character is being revealed through this choice? And so uh, the other day, it was really awesome because he chose to come and get honest with me about something without me even asking. And I looked at him and just said, you know what? Now is one of the fun moments where as your mama, I get to look at you and say, well done. Mm. Look at the character that's being revealed in this choice. Yeah. Well done, little guy. Well done. Well done. <laughs> so I we really enjoy those kind of moments more so than other ones. This morning was a rough morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got the good days and you got the we bad do. days, but uh, it's he was true worried for all about us. something yeah. and it was coming out and is sideways. And you got to recognize when it comes out sideways because little boys don't always use their words yeah. to yeah. tell you when they're bothered by something. Well, but. and you know that's something we as adults can remember about other people because I Absolutely. think that's true whether you're a little boy or maybe you're an adult and you and something's going on and yep. someone uh, can we look at their attitude, their words, their action, all of those things is coming from someplace within them mm-hmm. and sort of separate us ourselves from that uh, and respond, don't react. The reaction, you know, the reaction jumps over to their side of the fence and does the same thing that they're doing because, you know, that they did, they said that to me or they're being Absolutely. ugly, so I'm going to be ugly. No, we have to respond. And it, that is, that is hard. That takes self-control and self-control, as we know, is one of the the fruit it's the fruit of the spirit so unless absolutely. you're being controlled by the spirit you're not going to be able to do that very well i mean yeah, there, absolutely there'll be times where you are you know tempted and you do jump over <laughs> to their yeah. side of things so boy all of this is connected i think and it's it just amazes me as we look at god's word and we see how timely it is it's living and active yeah. and it cuts to the very marrow and you know it it slices us open like a a surgeon you know, yeah. in his expert expertise of knowing exactly where to cut and how, you know, absolutely what we need. That's how God's word works for us. Exactly what we need. So, wow, this is, this has been a cool verse I, for us. I just keep coming back to uh, that verse about do not use your freedom as a covering for evil. I just keep coming back to that because I think we are in a, (laughs) that's something that we're seeing right now. I think we truly are seeing um, a good cause being used as a covering for evil Mm -hmm. to happen. You know, um, uh, for example, like I just think that there's, uh, with like the looting and the riots is just a perfect example. It's a good hearted message maybe, or even thing to honor and to watch how we treat other people, but it's being used to cover, um, hatred. It's being used to cover anger towards others, how we, you know, Mm. people are being treated horribly through this. Um, you know, shop owners are being treated horribly through riots and through destruction of property and those kinds of things that, what do we hear loudest? We hear their actions louder than we hear any good of the Mm. message. And I think that's the point kind of being said here too, is that the message that needs to be clearly seen is the example of Christ, is is the message Mm. of Christ's redemption, you know, because that's where Peter ends up in this passage. He ends up looking at how Jesus responds when he comes into a clash with some of these kind of examples. Um, you know, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't revile in return while he's suffering. He mm-hmm. utters no threats. Um, he keeps entrusting himself uh, to him who judges righteously and that him is capitalized. And he himself bore our sins on his body on the cross. Um, and so, you know, Jesus in the midst of dealing with Rome and dealing with the Jews, he was trusting himself to God. To his father. Absolutely. Which is what we do. 
Absolutely. But Missy, I'm going to take uh, us back to something I mentioned at the end of yesterday and um, what we've been talking about is just the how to live in a culture um, that's so foreign, that is full of um, lifestyle, that is so contrary to God's word. And, and one of the things I had said yesterday was that these believers did not go around to um, lost people and yell at them for their lifestyle, their choices, what they did with things, that kind of stuff. They they didn't, that wasn't their focus. Their focus was making sure they were living out Christ's example mm. so that when they were slandered, they were blameless. Mm-hmm. When they were persecuted, they meant everything with grace and mercy mm. and love so that they had the ground and the foundation to present the gospel of Christ, mm-hmm. the good news of Christ, the fact that Christ was that payment once for all, that, um, that, you know, once you were in darkness and he's brought you into his marvelous light, as Peter puts it, or as the book of Ephesians talks about, you once were dead in your transgressions and sins, but now have been made alive in Christ. Um, And so that's Peter's mindset. That's the mindset he's encouraging them to have is no matter what you come up against in suffering or struggle or, you know, family members or, you know, coworkers that are hostile to God and to the gospel and things of biblical truth, that as much as you are able, you're not using your freedom in Christ as a cover for evil, Mm -hmm. that you're not responding back like they respond to you on things, that you are responding more like Christ would have responded so that when you're slandered, you meet it with grace and care and compassion. When you're up against a horrible boss who's unreasonable, that you are loving and honoring and that you obey as best as you can, um, you know, and that if it means that you suffer loss, that you count it all joy and yeah. suffer loss for the sake of Christ, looking for that moment to present the gospel, mm-hmm. looking for that moment to be light in the darkness. Um, and so I think that's what Peter and Paul like encourage believers to focus in on, that when your world's been shaken up and you've lost the things mm-hmm. that you used to anchor yourself by or even define yourself by, that you be found in him, mm. you know, that this, you defined by him. This this hits so um, close to home for me because this, this verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. That whole thought of committing ourselves to God, in in essence, yielding and submitting whatever happens to his hands and agreeing with him that because he lives in us, it's our response to offer love and grace and mercy, even to those who in our heads don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. You know, Missy doesn't deserve it. We, We don't deserve it. We're all sinners. But but there, there are injustices done to us that are difficult to handle, but we've got to come from it with, from this perspective, that we commit ourselves to him who, who does judge righteously. God, God is the judge and he will judge. And so you commit yourself to him and to living out 
what he's called us to live and the consequences, the results, everything else is in God's hands. Absolutely. And to remember that God's got eternity mm-hmm. yet. This world is just the vapor. <laughs> Here today, gone tomorrow. Well, I, that, you know, there's going to probably be moments that God does not bring justice to in this lifetime. Absolutely. And I've, I've had this thought that... You know, when there are injustices to us in this lifetime, in this world, and some of Mm -hmm. them are grievous, very grievous, and even beyond thought of how that's even Mm -hmm. possible. When that happens, my thought usually goes to, I I picture them standing before a holy God. And I I will tell you, Gwen, even those that have... uh, that from a selfish standpoint, you would have no compassion for. Mm. I have so much compassion for them as I think about that moment because they will know. Absolutely. They will know and they will face eternity. And that is horrendous for anybody. I don't care what you've done. You know, I mean, I, I will be standing in that moment and, and, and without Christ, I would be the one facing eternity without God. And, And And think about it this way. I mean, people who have lived by, you know, their lawyer tongue justifying themselves or coming up with excuses, none of those excuses will stand. No, and that's the All thing. of that will be stripped away, if, and there will they will be left with the honesty of what it is. Yeah. Truth will prevail, and it will be yep. revealed at that time. So no matter how much justification, mm-hmm. how much deceit, how much yep. hiding and denying or any yep. of those things, all of that will be stripped away in that moment, and they Absolutely. will be revealed in their entirety, and they will see themselves as, as God are. Yeah, as they are and as God sees them. You know, yeah. when you and I stand before him, he's going to see Christ first. Without Christ, he he's going to see the sin the, without, you know, the, without they had opportunity and they didn't take it. So regardless of what seems unfair in this world, uh, in the next, everything, if, you, if you're looking for justice, it will come. It, as you said, Gwen, it may not come in this world's timing or in Absolutely. this world, but it will come. Absolutely. And, and that justice, I, wow, I don't yeah. know. When I, when I picture someone standing before God without Christ, it, it breaks me. It mm-hmm. really breaks me. And it helps me to be able to offer them mercy and grace and so forth because I'm, I'm not the judge. God is the judge, and he will take care of all that. And when he does... When eternity comes, I mean, that's that's the end of it. It's the beginning of it and the end of it. Yeah. You know, it's eternity. Yes. So either you're with God or you're without God. And you are either huh, under condemnation or you are in Christ. Yeah. And Romans 8, 1 says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I mean, I just, I can't imagine being one away from the presence of God for yeah. eternity, but two, to be in a, in a position and seat of God's wrath and judgment mm. for your sin, to live under the condemnation and consequences of your sin for eternity, separated from any mercy of God. That is not something I would wish on the worst. No, worst person in the world. You in existence. Yeah. I, 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 that is unfathomable. That is unfathomable. And but for the grace of God, there sat we. Yeah. Apart from Jesus dying on the cross for us, 
there sat we. Because God doesn't wait sins out like, oh, she's only got a little bit, so we'll put her over here. No. Sin is sin is sin. Yep. You miss the mark by a little or a mile, you still missed. You still miss the mark, and that's the word for sin. Um, and so, like, I, I look at this, and I, I go, this is this is something in this passage that we really need to be striving to be putting this foundation in our lives because there is coming a day where we're going to be facing some things where we have leadership maybe that we don't respect um, or don't appreciate, or we have a boss that we don't respect or appreciate, or, you know, we're in a situation where, um, where we're being, where we need to live out under the persecution that's surrounding us. Yeah. And that is for us, uh, in this time frame, in this, in this culture, where we're at here, that is maybe hard to grasp and understand, but it doesn't change God's sovereignty, and it doesn't change his desire for us to live as he's called us to live and to be obedient to him in that calling. Um, wow. It, it's, it's kind of sobering when you think about it, but it's also hopeful to me because here's the thing. What Christ offered for us, he didn't have to. I mean, he, he literally left heaven to come here and he suffered beyond what I can even possibly imagine so that I might have eternity with God. And eternity with God, that's eternity. What's happening here in this life and in circumstance, that's but a moment. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's a moment in time. Absolutely. You know, um, I was kind of looking through the rest of First Peter so that we can kind of talk a little bit maybe about what's coming up. Um, next week, we're going to focus on three, four, and five. And um, chapter three is kind of godly living. And so we're going to go specifically into the home in that passage um, and the marriage relationship and some of those kinds of things. Um, we're going to be talking uh, a bit about... Um, how to live in community with brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to be talking um, uh, about sharing in Christ's sufferings in chapter 4, and then chapter 5 is serving God willingly. Um, And so uh, that's kind of where his focus is, is kind of how this is all lived out, Um, how you live out the fact that you're chosen and you're loved and you're a royal priesthood, a people of God's own possession. Um, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm. One of the things I like to do for a book study, somewhat like this, um, is to look one for key words, but I also look for a key verse. And I don't know about you, Missy, but I think I'm going to make chapter two, verse nine, the key verse for this entire book. I love it. That you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, um, a people of God's possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Mm, Love it. So I'm thinking that's going to be my verse for this whole chapter. Um, Brothers and sisters listening, I, it is such a privilege to open up God's word with you. Um, it, it is always our heart to be faithful in interpreting God's word mm-hmm. as best we can, um, to handle God's word um, wisely. Um, and so hopefully we've challenged you to dig a little deeper and you've enjoyed just sitting in God's word with us. Um, I hope until Monday when you join us again that you're um, 
marinating or sitting in First Peter a bit. Um, I like to camp out in places to kind of see what all I can pick up new every time I mm. dig in. Look for the details. Look for words that repeat. Um, and we will meet you back next week and pick up in chapter three of First Peter. You found a place to belong here in the circle of friends. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed. Step back in time with a stay at one of the oldest buildings in historic Berlin, Ohio, the Worthman House. This charming building has a rich history with origins dating back to as early as the mid-1800s. The newly restored two-bedroom, one-bathroom suite has hardwood floors and gorgeous chestnut trim throughout. It is also outfitted with locally made Amish furniture. It can sleep six and offers a beautiful panoramic view of Berlin's Main Street. Its location in the heart of Berlin is an ideal spot for walking to various restaurants and shops. Book your stay at the Worthman House through VRBO.